Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Cyber Church. I'm telling you something. We are reaching people all over the world, and we're not just reaching them. We're not just getting them to wave their hands at Jesus. You know what we're doing? We are doing exactly what the Bible said. We are developing disciples unto the Lord Jesus, people who are following Him with all their heart. And I'll tell you, the, one of the things that will cause you to want to follow God, to walk with God, and, and just walk in His ways is when you experience the perfect love of God. That's what we're going to be talking about today, experiencing the perfect love of God. And I'm telling you something, this is life transforming. Nothing will change your life like experiencing the perfect love of God. I'm not talking about knowing the information. I'm not talking about quoting uh, the, the verses about it. I'm talking about experiencing and feeling it. Because if you don't feel it, it's, it's nothing. It doesn't influence your life. So I'll be right back. Don't go away. Get ready to have your life changed. You know, I've got a great free gift for you this month. It's a message called the extravagant love of God. I want to tell you something. I want you to get saturated in how much God loves you because then you're going to fall in love with Him and your life is going to work the way it's supposed to. All right, before I dive into this great message, I just want to remind you, you can help me change the way the world sees God. One of the simple things that you can do, if you're watching on YouTube right now, you can like this message, or if you subscribe to it, anytime you like or subscribe to uh, these messages or to my YouTube channel, it increases the number of people that are going to hear this message, which means it changes uh, the lives of people all over the world. Now, listen, we're talking about experiencing the perfect love of God. Now, there is a reason that so many people uh, feel lack, so many people have a low self-worth, so many people are struggling with faith, and it all gets back to uh, whether or not they're actually experiencing the love of God. Now, I'm not talking about quoting verses. I see people quote verses all the time about the love of God. And, and you know, interestingly, the Bible tells us that if we are not currently at this moment expressing love to others, then we are not at this moment currently experiencing the love of God. And I got to tell you, there are people all over America and around the world that preach about the love of God and they're, they're, they're legalists because everybody that doesn't believe what they believe, they're meaner than a bunch of snakes to them. And they're attacking everybody else and they're self-righteous and they're exalting themselves above everybody because they think they've got this ultimate revelation. And it, and it is a great revelation if you're experiencing it. But remember, love, experiencing love builds you up. But knowledge only puffs you up. And so when you get the knowledge of something that's insightful, it's wonderful, it's truth. If you don't experience it, the only thing it affects is your ego. And let me tell you, it does not affect it in a healthy way. But there's a reason why so few people actually connect with and experience the love of God. And I'm going to tell you, this is it. And the, the, the deeper you grasp this, the more real this is to you, the more you can transform your life almost effortlessly and, and come into these wonderful things of God. The reason so few people actually connect with and experience the love of God is this. They only want to receive it. They have no intention 
of giving it away or expressing it to other people. That is nothing but self-centeredness. You know, you know, we mentioned this last week. There are, there are churches all over America that have the, they have the right intention. And so every week they're just preaching about how much God loves them. Every week they're preaching about things you don't have to do and God will keep loving you. And basically they're creating selfish, self-centered Christians who really are only in take mode because they never really have any, uh, any intention of walking in love toward other people. So, you create a church full of people whose egos are being stimulated by the knowledge that they're receiving, but their character is not being developed and, and, and they're not growing spiritually because they're not experiencing this love. They're just getting the message. Now, I want to read an incredible passage of scripture here to you. And this is challenging because remember, I am all of that we covered and the, the last three and up to this message, uh, about connecting to the heart of God really just prepares you for what I call knowing and feeling the love of God. And so I'm trying to prepare you. And if, and if, and if you haven't listened to these previous messages, go back and listen to them. And by the way, if you want to be sure and get all of these messages, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just click on it right now if you're watching by YouTube. If not, go to my, uh, go to my website and either download the free mobile app or, or be sure you receive, uh, messages from us every week. Give us your email address and we'll always let you know when these new messages are coming out. Now listen to this. This is life changing. First John two verse three says this. Now by this, we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments. Now, I want to tell you something. <clears throat> the commandments of Jesus, and that is a statement that I got to tell you, uh, you know, 35 years ago, I struggled with fully understanding what that meant. And I probably even said some things that today I would say, well, that's not untrue, but it's, it's not really the, f- the full truth. Because Jesus' commandments are no different than all of the commandments of God. Everything he said, he said he got from the Father. Well, God is, God is not a liar. God does not have a double standard. God did not change from the old to the new covenant. And all of the commandments in the Old Testament were about how to walk in love, about how to treat people. And since God is love, he gave us the blueprint for, for walking in love. The thing that Jesus changed, well, actually, he didn't change. The thing that Jesus clarified, because it had been so twisted up by religion, is that in applying the commandments, if your motive is anything other than love, walking in love, Treating God with love, treating people with love, and having a healthy self-respect and love for yourself. If those are not your motives and intentions, then even if you're doing what the Word says, you're really not doing it the way God says. You're not doing it from the intention that God says. So, see, Jesus didn't come and lower the bar. He actually raised it to a whole new standard. Then he goes on to say in verse 4, He who says, I know him, or I'm experiencing him, and does not keep, or or, uh, be attentive. This is not talking about legalistic keeping the commandments. It's not talking about earning righteousness. It's talking about the commandments, the way God said to treat one another, uh, you know, is the only way to walk in love. So so keeping this means to be attentive to, or kind of being watching over. You realize this is how God wants you to treat people. And if you care about people, then that's what you're going to do. You're not going to lie to them. You're not going to sleep with their wife. You're not going to steal their money. Uh, you're not going to gossip about them. Uh, you know, you're not going to use them and abuse them. And, and that's what he says right here. It says, and, and it says, um, 
He who says, I know him and doesn't keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth. Now, the truth isn't just the scriptural accuracy. The truth is the scripture applied from God's intention. It says the truth is not in him. When you move away from the commandments and how you treat people, you are not walking in love. That's why the Bible says that when you walk in love, you fulfill all the commandments. It doesn't say that love is different from the commandments and that this love, this concept of love replaces the commandments. It's saying when love is your motive, when you're walking in love, then the, what you will do is you will apply the commandments about how to treat one another in love. Now, some people think that's legalism, but they just don't understand God. They don't understand the Bible. They don't understand the new code. Now, I'm sorry. Verse 5 says, But whoever keeps, watches over his word, is attentive to his word, uh, truly the love of God is perfected in him. And now this is where we get to the heart of of. This, this whole issue, the love of God is perfected in who? Who is the love of God perfected in? The love of God is perfected in the person who keeps Jesus' word and applies the commandments in love. And it says God's love is perfected. Now, this is where we start understanding why so many people don't experience the love of God. See, God wants his love to be perfected in us. Well, that word perfected is not so much about being flawless. It's not so much about, about being, uh, uh, you know, technically right all the time. That word perfected means brought to its goal, brought to its ultimate intention. Well, love that is perfected is love that is given from God, experienced by the person, because we have the capabilities of experiencing love. And you know what? You may have to meditate on this. You may have to connect with God at deep heart levels to get past your fears about love and get past even your hardness of heart. But whenever we experience the love of God, John is very clear in the fact that the fruit of that will always be that we will love God and we will love other people. So if God's love stops with us, then the truth is, there's two truths that come if it stops with us. Number one, if it stops with us, we haven't really experienced it. We've just gotten the information. And that's why it doesn't transform us. That's why we don't respond to God in love. And that's why we don't start treating people differently is because it's just information. But if God's love is perfected, in other words, if we truly experience it and feel it, and that's what I'm talking about, feeling love, feeling valuable, feeling precious to God, then number one, we're going to respond to God and we're going to start treating Him with love, which is what we've talked about in the previous three messages, but also we're going to start loving other people. And it says, it goes on to say, by this, we know that we are in him. And I want to tell you something. The Bible is very clear that when you don't walk in love, your conscience condemns you and really accuses you of not being in God, of not really knowing him. Well, and you're not experiencing him. And so, uh, so we don't have, we can't have the witness of confidence. We can't have the witness of righteousness. We can't have the witness of the life of God when love is not perfected in us. So it says, he who says he abides in him 
ought himself also to walk just as he walked. I got news for you. Jesus always walked in love. And if we're walking in love, what we're doing and how we're doing is going to look like what he did it. And if what I'm doing, if I can't see Jesus doing what I'm doing, I got news for you that I'm probably not walking in love. and I'm definitely not walking like he walked. Listen, don't go away. We're going to get back and we're going to get you to some solutions on this. I'll be right back. You know, there is nothing more important for every aspect of your spiritual life your physical life, your emotional life, than knowing and feeling the love of God. Yes, I said feeling. I'm not talking about just having information, just quoting verses. I'm talking about experiencing a connection with God that you can feel. When you feel the love of God, many things just change in your life effortlessly. Number one, when you feel the love of God, your self-worth is transformed and you start experiencing and having this sense of incredible value that God has for you. Second thing that happens when you're experiencing the love of God is your faith explodes because faith works by love. In other words, the more you experience God's love, the more you trust Him. And when you experience God's love, you're going to find that you will effortlessly uh, show love to other people because when you are knowing and experiencing God's love, it just comes out of you. This is going to be one of the most important series you've ever had. You know, the Bible tells us we love him because he first loved us. Now, I'm going to tell you, you know, I first preached uh, knowing and feeling the love of God 26 years ago. But I first started, you know, preaching a lot about the love of God much before that. So back in those days, there was a truth that I brought out and Honestly, I was the first person I ever heard say this. I know I was the first person in my circles that I heard say this. But like so many things that I said back then, people have twisted. I've seen people run off the rails with this stuff. And I'm not sorry I said it, but there were just things that it's like you, you, you didn't feel like you had to explain because they were obvious. Now, one of the things I remember saying about this scripture, and which I still think is important, you see, past generations put an overemphasis on the fact that we should love God. And man, you would just get beat up for loving God. I remember one time I went to a guy's house and, and uh, uh, to lead him to Jesus and did lead him to Jesus. He was a military guy and his wife was real religious and she'd been trying to win him. The Lord couldn't. And, um, and so I went in, began sharing with him and, and brought him to the place to, to invite Jesus into his life. And he said, well, I can't get saved. And I said, well, wh- why can't you get saved? He said, because I don't love God. And that was his belief. That's what he'd heard in church growing up. If you don't love God, you can't get saved. And, and so I said, well, you know, that's not in the Bible. He said, well, sure it is. I said, no, it's not. I said, let me ask you, how could you love somebody you never met? How could you love somebody that, that you haven't connected with and, and found value for? And he said, well, you can't. And I said, that's right. And I said, meeting Jesus is the starting place of, 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 of knowing God, knowing how much God loves you, and you will fall in love with him. If you're willing to do that, if you're willing to, and I, and I, and I told him about lordship, prayed with him, he got saved. And as far as I know, he's still walking with God to this day. But <clears throat> so one of the things I used to say because of the overemphasis of what religion had done in the past, I would tell people there is an overemphasis on our need to love God and not enough emphasis on God's love for us. Well, you know, I speak to a lot of people. I speak to literally millions of people around the world on a regular basis through my books, through my, through our broadcast, through my uh, uh, CDs, through my Facebook page, all these places. And I speak to 
really hundreds of thousands of leaders and pastors. So, you know, leaders who haven't developed something in their own heart, they repeat what other people say, and because it's not a reality to them, sometimes they take it a little farther than you ever intended. So what I've seen happen in the, in the areas where I have influence, what I've seen happening is those ministers going too far the other way with with no emphasis on us loving God and all of the emphasis on Him loving us. Well, you can't do that because the, the truth is this stuff is a relationship. What we have with God is a, is a love relationship. And if He's loving us, but we're not loving Him, then we are not going to be faithful to Him. We're not going to be true to Him. We're going to have no value for His Word. We're going to have no value for how we live. You know, uh, there was a, there was a church I'm not going to tell you what city it's in or what, or, or what name it went by, but it had grace tacked into the, into the title. And sadly, there are so many churches today that say they preach grace that they're really just inclusionists and, and workers of iniquity. They reject the commandments of God as the standards of morals, values, and ethics. And in this particular church, they had a, they had a, a youth pastor that had sex with one of the girls uh, in the youth group. And, uh, and whenever she, you know, when she was, while he was seducing her, when she began to protest and say, you know, we don't need to do this, he's like, look, we're in God. All of our sins are forgiven. This isn't even sin. You know something? That's a cult doctrine. And I can't even believe that people could go that far. So, so when the pastor was confronted and said, and said, or when it was brought to him and said, listen, you need to replace this youth pastor. He said, oh no. He said, we're under grace. We don't, we don't, we don't ever confront. That's not our place. You know something? The Bible even says in the New Testament that we confront with grace because grace is not mercy. Grace is not saying everything's all right. Grace is saying that the power of God is in you to help you rise above sin, to help you rise above destruction, sickness, disease, death, all of those kinds of things. And, and our message for people that are in sin and struggling, I'm not, you know, I don't beat people up because they're in sin, but, but my message is this. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you commit yourself to God, if you choose, if you intend to live a godly life, you will experience the grace of God and you can come out of anything that you're in. And so, see, the selfish person who has no intention of living a godly life, who has no intention of, of seeking, of hungering and thirst after righteousness. Oh, they'll talk about a positional righteousness, but they don't, but they have no intention of living righteous and treating other people as they should, walking in love toward other people. That person will take the message of God's unconditional love and they will deceive themselves and turn it into something so wicked and self-centered that they destroy themselves and they destroy other people. So, so know this. Yes, we will only fall in love with Him when we know and believe and experience His love. But that, that's the whole, the whole point of that verse is not to th pick one or the other. It's the fact that when we know and experience His, His love, then what happens is we will fall in love with him. And if we're not falling in love with him, I'm talking about the kind of love that Jesus talked about, the kind of love that Jesus demonstrated, the kind of love that wants to follow God, the kind of love that, that wants to walk in godliness. And, and you know, look, we all got our issues. We all got our fight. I am not talking about a, a flawless life. I'm talking, you know, it starts with our, in, 
intention and then with our faith for God to empower our intention. And you know what? When we fall, we get up. God still loves us. Yes, but the moment that becomes my excuse, I got news for you. I am alienating myself from the love of God. You know, it's interesting. We quote 1 John 4, 18. And, uh, but, and it's one of those things, a lot of great teaching out of 1 John 4, 18, but not complete teaching. Because 1 John 4, 18 talks about how that love drives out fear. And, you know, to, if there's fear there, then we're afraid of what uh, God's going to do to us, which shows that we don't believe that He loves us perfectly. But it's really an interesting thing that we leave out of 1 John 4, 18, where it says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. You notice it didn't say love cast out fear. It says love that has been perfected cast out fear. You know, your conscience is always testifying to you. And, you know, your conscience is your mind and your spirit. And that's, that's where, and those are the two, those are the two, your, or your soul and your spirit. And those two components where they overlap is what we know as the heart. So in your, in your spirit, man, the deepest part of your, of your being is always speaking to your heart and saying, you know, you are righteous. You are godly. It's always testifying that you are who God says you are. But your soul is because of it's connected to your intellectual mind is always looking at how you treat people. And if how you treat people, according to the Bible, is not in love, then your conscience condemns you because what starts happening, there becomes a conflict between what God is saying about you in the deepest recesses of your being and what your mind is saying about you because of your behavior. And so when we don't allow love to be perfected in us, it does not drive fear out. As a matter of fact, according to the Apostle John, it will cause condemnation. And you know what condemnation is? Condemnation is the fearful expectation of, ju of judgment or punishment. And even though we may be quoting all the scriptures about love, quoting all the scriptures about freedom, deep inside of us there is a dread because there is a conflict, there is a condemnation, there is a torment that is going on inside of us. Now listen, ultimately... God's love means nothing if it is not experienced. Like I said, th this series that I have for you, Knowing and Feeding the Love of God. Now, you know, I can't go into all the details in these broadcasts. Even, even though we're going to, we're going to do, uh, two months of broadcasts on Knowing and Feeding the Love of God, there's just exercises, there's details, there's things that we can't even get into because this is so vast. So, you know, if you, if you really want the fullness of all this, be sure and get my series on this because it's going to take you beyond what we can give you here. These programs would just last too long. You know, John and in 1 John 4, 16, it says, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. Now that word know is that word that we were talking about in the Hebrew and in the Greek. And we talked about it in the last couple of broadcasts. That is, that it means to experience something. It is to know something intimately. It is to know um, the way you would know, uh, uh, the way a man and a woman know each other intimately, where, where they've cast off all their vulnerabilities, they've exposed themselves totally to each other, they have an intimacy, they have a connection. It's the same word for making love, not just having sex, but for making love and having this, this emotional connection that comes from making love. And so John is talking about the value and the need to not just know intellectually the love of God, but first and foremost, to believe 
the love of God. And when we believe the love of God, we choose to believe the love of God, then that can take us to the next step of actually experiencing this love of God. And it is in the experiencing where we turn our whole world around. I'm going to tell you something. And I, you know, I, some of you heard me, heard me tell this story. It was in, uh, it was, it was, uh, uh, New Year's Eve, 1980, going into, into 1981. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, or maybe it was 81 going into 82. Uh, it was my intention. My New Year's resolution is I am going to know and give the love of God. Now, I got to tell you, everything didn't change, but I started on a journey that I'm still on. And the great thing about the love of God, you never run out. You never get to the bottom. You never get to all that there is. And that also means you never stop growing as a person. You know, there's people that will just tell you that growing, growing is not important. You know, we, we, we don't have to grow. God doesn't care if we grow or not. I'll tell you something. God cares if you grow because if you're not growing specifically in your capacity to give and receive love, then you are stagnant and you're you're probably out of touch and you're, you're, you're really missing out on what God wants to do in your life and what God wants to do through your life. There is no higher calling than knowing and growing in perfect love, receiving love, giving it back to God, giving it to people around you. Listen, I'll be back with the mentoring moment. Just a second. Don't go away. Knowing and feeling the love of God is going to be one of the most important series you've ever heard. I'm telling you, there's going to be hours of teaching that's going to connect the dots on you and show you how to walk this path so that the love of God isn't something you just think about or quote scriptures about. It's what's driving your life. I hope you're making plans to join me in Huntsville, Alabama for Impact World Changer Weekend. You know, every year our world changers come here together and we just have a big celebration. We enjoy God. We have incredible worship. We have incredible special music and we have an incredible word of God. And I'll tell you this year, I'm going to be talking about the ultimate revelation, the ultimate manifestation of God. I'm telling you, this is going to be something that's going to open your eyes in ways that are just going to stabilize your faith and stabilize your life and open your eyes to more aspects of God's goodness than you ever imagined. So be sure July 14th through the 16th plan to be here. Now listen, there's no registration fee, but because of limited space, you have to register. And if you've never been to one of these, uh, be sure and make it to this one. And if you've got friends that you want to bring with you as a world changer, you're welcome to bring your friends as long as they're all registered so we can have enough room because it's going to be a party. You're going to have a great time. I want to see you here. You know what I'm about to share with you? I've shared I don't even know how many churches and how many crusades. And, and every time I've ever shared this, the truth is people fill the altars seeking to connect to God in a new and special way because they became honest about where they are with God. You know, uh, Peter, before he denied Jesus, he said, look, I, you know, I love you more than, more than all these other people love you. And so after, after, um, uh, Peter had denied Jesus, and Jesus was crucified, and Jesus was meeting with the boys. They got through eating, and, and Jesus kind of called Peter off to the side and said, Look, Peter, uh, just need to ask you something. I'm kind of, you know, I'm telling this in a storybook form. He says, You know, I kind of need to ask you something. He said, Now, do you really love me more than these? Well, the word love that Jesus used there is agape. This love that has value, precious, holds in high regard. And so Peter replies back and says, oh, Lord, you know that I love you. Well, the word that Peter came back with is the Greek word uh, 
uh, philo or phileo, which is for a good friend. So Jesus said, okay, you know, I want you to feed my lambs. In other words, you know what? I still have a purpose for you. It may not, all this may not be perfect in you, but you're calling and what your destiny is to intact. So they, I guess they walked along and in a minute, Jesus asked him again, said, Simon, son of Jonah, do you really agape me? Do you really have value for me? Do you consider me precious? And, and Peter says, Lord, you know that I consider you to be a really good friend. And Jesus said, okay, well, just, you know, I still want you to take care of my sheep. I still have a purpose for you. And then in verse uh, 17, uh, he says a third time, he says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you really even consider me a friend? See, this time he changed what he said. And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, are we really even friends? And finally, Peter said, look, Lord, you know all things. You know that I'm your friend. And he said, I still want you to feed my sheep. Now, I, I want you to understand something. It's time for us to get honest. Are we in that place with God where all we do is appreciate the benefits because we enjoy his deeds, but we're really not in love with him. That's a decision we got to make. Listen, be sure, subscribe to my YouTube channel, and you'll be getting all of these messages on a regular basis. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.